The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of hosts and guests. The view and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Memorial Healthcare System, Joe DiMaggio's Children's Hospital. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Healthy Parenting, pitched by Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. My name is Jason grant and I'm with my dazzling, fantastic co-host, Dr. Latanya Benjamin. <laughs> thank you. You're very welcome. It is Hi always a pleasure. Everyone. It's a pleasure to be with you as well, Jason. Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. We're excited to have Lenise Klump with the Florida Poison Information Center join us later on in the show to give us some tips on how to poison-proof your home. Very important. Extremely. Before we get to Lenise, we'll spend a few minutes chatting about a couple of trending topics in the news. Lead, number one, in baby food, and when bumps and pains won't go away. Lead in baby food. How terrible. Can that's, you imagine? That's, that's awful. Yeah. I mean, you, you're thinking you, it, it's... Well, baby food's supposed to be safe, of course. Exactly. It's for babies. It's, supposed to be safe, it's made but, for know, babies. I would assume it's natural, right. most right. of right. it. Right. <laughs> so we need to understand why lead is why entering is that, into our food. How foods. it's being tested. And, and I've heard this before, so I know it's not Have just, you? It's just not uh, something that just popped up recently. Um, we're going to... Sp- speak about U.S. um, sports-related injuries and when you should be concerned or have further imaging and workups for lesions that aren't going to go away. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Well, before we move on, here's some words from our sponsors. The Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital team has every medical specialty a parent could want and the expertise every child needs. So when it matters most, trust the experts in pediatrics at Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. You are listening to Healthy Parenting, pitched by Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. To learn more about our hospital, visit jdch.com. Welcome back. Before we get to today's guests, let's bring in one of our producers, Bahati Banks, with what's making news in the parenting world. Hello, hello. Hey there. Hi, Bahati. How are you both doing today? Very good. Awesome, awesome. So today's trending topics, two things, lead in baby food, which is extremely frightening. And concerning. Yes. Surprising. Yes, exactly. And um, we're also going to be talking about when pains and bumps won't go away. Up first, lead found in 20% of baby food, including juices. Imagine that headline, seeing that headline actually feeding your baby This is baby one of those food. moments when I want to press a button, all you hear is... <gasps> exactly. You know, 20% is a very significant that's number. Extremely, extremely 1% high. 1% is way too much, in my opinion. Right? So recently, the Environmental Defense Fund found 20% of baby foods had detectable levels of lead. Which foods? Most commonly found in apple and grape juice carrots, sweet potatoes, and cookies or teething biscuits. That's all the good things that that's, we give that's our babies. Exactly. That's, that's like negative. Exactly. That's everything. Ah, scary. And of course, we all know that ingesting lead can cause a, a numerous problems in attention and behavior, cognitive development, and the heart, as well as the immune system. I know... That's uh, why our pediatricians are screening and monitoring at a very young age. Exactly. And of course, we all know about... <clears throat> The horrible incident that happened in Flint, Michigan, when the water was released um, from the river and it had a ton of lead in it. So we're all very, very, very aware of the the repercussions of lead um, and when babies and um, children are exposed to lead. So most babies and toddlers are actually exposed to lead through dust and soil paint and drinking water because they're so small and they're crawling around the floor. They have access to um, paints and chips and dust that's on the floor. And these are things in our homes. Exactly. Exactly. So 
Exactly. So um, in terms of the food, the research is saying that lead may enter baby foods and juices through contaminated soil or the way that the baby food is being processed. Um, and pediatricians are actually recommending that parents limit or actually eliminate the fruit juice because it really doesn't serve nutritional value in kids under the age of one. So for the first year of life, um, the recommendation is that you don't, um, your kids shouldn't drink any juice at all. It's like empty wow. calories. Exactly, it exactly. Not good nutrition. But I'm alarmed because we have very good foods on this list, like sweet potatoes and carrots and yes. apples. Healthy foods. Very healthy and good. So I think it's really important um, Absolutely. for the government to look into what is entering into our foods and mm -hmm. how to regulate that mm -hmm. and monitor that because this is serious business. I mean, I'm surprised because, you know, when I was raising my boys mm -hmm. and I was seat of my pants, but I was taught that, you know, you can uh, you should feed your your, uh, your child you know at a certain age some juice to help supplement mm. the, uh, the the feedings right like if you know if you just baby's crying even a little more you know as opposed to just water so mm -hmm. I'm actually really mm -hmm. surprised that they said fruit juice and to fruit eliminate juice. fruit juice yeah actually and in, in in regards to that it's really about nutrition because whole fruits and vegetables are obviously the best of course food right. that you should feed your babies but when this new information it's like I don't even want to drink juice anymore. Exactly. <laughs> um, but to your point, no, yeah. a baby can't eat an apple, but apple juice mm -hmm. is helpful if you have constipation, the fiber in okay. it, and certain things like that. So they are healthy juices that it's still very alarming to know that there's lead, potential lead in that. Yes. So I was wondering if there's any way we could test that or who's testing this for oh, our families. I, it's just like you can test your water for it. I do believe there's, there's, there's uh, home test kits uh, that you can test. Absolutely. I actually mm. probably recommend it now. <laughs> so guide your choices <laughs> you on know. which products to take off the shelf. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's not that you should you don't want to feed your kids healthy foods like sweet potatoes and carrots, but it's something that we should be aware of. Absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. So what happens when pains and bumps won't go away? So obviously kids are prone to falling off of all kinds of things. I, I fell a lot. <laughs> a Growing kid. pains. Growing pains. Bumps, bruises, Healthy and pains. pains. <laughs> In fact, um, over 1.3 million pediatric ER visits in the U.S. are actually sports-related injuries. Yeah. I believe that for right? sure. <laughs> but what do you do when the pain or the bump or the boo-boo or the bruise that lasts more than two weeks will not go away. Obviously, the worst case scenario is that it could be cancer. An annual diagnosis of pediatric cancer, about 16,000 a year, and bone and muscle cancer, about 1,500 a year. So obviously, the first stop is vis visiting your pediatrician or urgent care doctor to have um, x-rays and scans done. But what happens if a parent does find a mass um, Obviously, you want to request a referral to a pediatric oncologist that specializes in childhood cancers. And obviously, hospitals like Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital, um, they we, we treat a number of childhood cancer patients. Um, and that, of course, will improve your chances of surviving the diagnosis. So, thoughts? Powerful, powerful. But now back to, you know, the bumps, though. So let's say... Mosquito bite. You know when you mm -hmm. when the child, you know, I, it itches. They itch it. Mm -hmm. Those will get big, inflamed. How do we know the difference between that and a mass or something more, uh, uh, something more uh, serious? Because you great question. 
typically if you're suspecting like an mm-hmm. insect bag, most families will reach for their Benadryl or they'll try, you know, something over the counter that's accessible. And if it helps, then that's a good sign that you're on the right track. But if it's something that persists, and again, like we mentioned earlier in the show, it continues to enlarge, it's more painful, um, it just won't go away after these two weeks. There's, you know, there's a time element to it also. Then that's a good time to have seek medical care mm-hmm. or evaluation at least. Mm-hmm. But okay. unfortunately, you know, when I did my training in pediatrics, we had these horrible cases of healthy, you know, healthy teenagers or children with no symptoms, no medical issues. And they come in with these really sad stories of they noticed a bump mm. or they had a fall and then something developed. And unfortunately, it led us to diagnosing cancers, a fracture, something else that progressed from that. So, so no, no bump is it. truly harmless. So you want to check it out, basically. What about Thankfully, the majority are. Okay. Um, it's just the ones that persist and tend to have worsening symptoms. Just I keep your eyes open. Mm-hmm. Be but vigilant. About mm-hmm. but uh, the pains though, you know, pains that, that that last. Now we all know that children tend to exaggerate. <laughs> they're, they're, they're little drama kings, drama queens, and oh, it hurts. It still hurts. Don't touch there. What? what she did that great. I'm a thespian. But no, when it comes to that, I'd love to to hear your thoughts, Dr. Mm-hmm. Benjamin, on. How does a, what advice would you give a parent to identify when a pain is a pain and not just, you know, this standard, you know, griping because they're uncomfortable? Right. So you want to make sure you, what you're asking basically is can you remove this psychological overhang mm-hmm. um, or and assess if it's true organic pain. Exactly. So a good tip I would think is if they're sleeping. Mm. <laughs> right. So. Their behavior can't influence a true response. So if there's a black and blue on the thigh and you, you touch it, you know, with and a moderate w- amount of pressure and they move mm-hmm. or they flinch, that's an indication that's true organic pain there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's what I offer my families. I like them to kind of try and assess where they're napping or times where they're not very, very active and they can get some kind of um, positive reinforcement from letting you know that this is tender. Or catching them off guard a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Distraction. Poke your kids when they're sleeping. When they're, they're sleeping or distracted, it, it they'll, love, they'll it, love it. They'll they wake will, up They will thank very you when they're older. <laughs> <laughs> Great discussion, guys. Excellent, excellent. Body, thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Yeah, great information. Before we get to today's guest, here's a word from our sponsor. <laughs> and family-centered care. At Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital, it's the difference you notice. It's what you feel. It's how we care. And it's why we've been recognized as the world's first designated person-centered children's hospital by Plaintree. When it matters most, trust Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. Learn more at jdch.com care. Welcome back, and thank you once again for joining us on the Healthy Parenting Podcast. I'd like to welcome today's guest, Lenise Klump, with the Florida Poison Information Center. Welcome, Lenise. Welcome, How are you? welcome. Thank you. This is such a wonderful opportunity. I really appreciate it. We Thank are glad you. to have you here. I Pleasure know our listeners here. are going to learn a lot <laughs> from you today. Thank you. Yes. So tell us um, about the Florida Poison Information Center. How does it benefit our community? Well, the Poison Network um, is a national number. Anywhere in the U.S. that you dial 800-222-1222, you're going to be immediately connected to a poison expert. And these are medical doctors, these are nurses and pharmacists that are specially trained in poisonings. So it's, the calls are free and confidential anywhere in the U.S. 
including if you text um, poison to 797979, it comes right into your contacts, and you have the number. You don't have to think about it because, obviously, when you experience a poisoning, the last thing you can think about is a phone number. So we try to make it easy. Um, so poison centers are there to not only handle an exposure, someone that is actually experiencing a poisoning, we're also there to handle questions about poisonings because sometimes we're not sure. We want to make sure that, that our communities are aware that they should not be Googling, uh, my child just took a white pill <laughs> and right. or my birth control pill, what do I do? So everyone knows that when you Google something like that. That's the day and age we are yeah, in. You're exactly that right. That's what most people that's would what think most people to do, do nowadays. And, yeah. and we're finding that you know you can get any number of suggestions of which maybe one could be correct. And so why not just pick up the phone and call and receive immediate expert help? So that's our, you know, that's really what we what we want everyone in the community to know. That's very important because that is true. That's I mean, I, I didn't even think about that. It's true. We, we would, you know, hey Siri, this is what happened, and you know, you don't even know what you're going to get. Uh, vetting the information is very important. So yes, I would Absolutely. definitely recommend we, we, a healthy parenting podcast approved. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um, poison centers focus on prevention, and so we do know that every season has its risks, mm -hmm. and uh, we're in the summertime that has its its very unique risks of children being home and around more. And uh, in some cases, grandma is taking care or an older aunt is taking care of children. And so um, it's interesting because the messages to adults, especially seniors, is different. Mm -hmm. And as, as the poison um, help educator, I go around telling seniors, have your medications out so you don't forget, make sure you have a routine. Some people who suffer from arthritis have easy cap opening bottles, right? So now you add to the mix a six-year-old or a five-year-old or maybe a four-year-old. What's in grandma's purse? <laughs> running around. Yes, and actually that is one of the top calls that is we that receive, right? which is, you know, grandma or, or, you know, the aunt came over, left the purse on the sofa. They got distracted speaking or talking or chatting and... Here comes the little one, and they're curious, of you course, know, and they're opening course. everything up, and they want to be adults. They see pills. We tell adults, try not to take pills in front of small children. Yeah. Small children like to imitate, so they Th see a pill. They're curious. Yeah. There they go. You know? But then, you know, of course, then there's that, that I wouldn't say relaxed feeling that, you know, it's, it's, it's child, um, not necessarily proof, but uh, child resistant. Res and, and you take the resistance, and you kind of just like, oh, it's, it's impervious. So that's leave it right. there, and, and you don't give it a second thought, and I would assume that that's not the best way to handle that. That's right. You just hit the nail on the head. And our studies are beginning to show that adults are relying too much on the child-resistant caps, mm. and the caps are not resistant. I mean, are not proof. They're resistant. Okay. And we see more and more calls from, well, I thought that this was not going to happen. Well, so what age, is it? An age group thing? Like when you're older, you can get into it, or is it? Yes. Does it still apply the resistance to the younger age group? Where I'm thinking most of these poisonings are occurring, right? Those that are Children five under or younger, five, right. right? So yeah. you we can are they getting get in there. Yes, four-year-olds. Wow. That I mean, it's the tenacity of the child. Exactly. And so some kids, you know, That's they my don't. daughter. She will not they quit. Don't, they won't quit. Yes. Yeah. She gets that open what she wants. Exactly. exactly right. and, wow. and so it's, you know, obviously, you know, it's the older you are, the, the easier and the better off, the better you are able to do this. And so this is what we're beginning to see, these calls coming in where the, the adult 
was thinking the, for sure this would not be a problem. As a matter of fact, we even have calls where they give the child the bottle so that they use it as a rattle, kind of like to calm them really? down. They might be in a waiting room or they might be somewhere, and it's like the little bottle, and they're you know they're running around, and it's like just to get the kid entertained. Right. And so they're using the wrong vehicle. But right. Now what, the kid sees it as now a they toy. need the iPod. But whatever, <laughs> what, but whatever <laughs> happened to giving kids keys, just dangling the keys? Whatever happened to that? I guess that happens too, but I mean they run out of options. But wow. we do get those calls. I mean, so is the best advice like put it high? Yes, up okay. and away. Up we and call away. it okay. up and away. And and we also encourage adults not to take medication as, as much as they can. I mean, we recognize sometimes that's not possible. But as much as possible uh, to teach the child to ask before they put something in their mouths. Absolutely. That's a good one. That's really ask good. before you do that. And try not to take the medication in front of the child. Of course. They see nothing happening to them. They're going to say it's like candy or it's safe. Absolutely. Obviously, yeah. if grandma, it's safe for her to take. Why wouldn't it be safe for me? Right? And, and today's medication, so many so many of them look like candy. Yeah. They've got Colorful. gummy bear vitamins, That's gummy true. bear yes. prenatal things. And some of these things can be, um, they may not be fatal, but they it's a poisoning. And yeah. it's something you have to respond to. And oh, to share something personal, because oh, this is like my biggest worry right now. In our home, we, well, I, <laughs> have put <laughs> the, the cleaners, the toilet bowl cleaners, and she loves to flush the toilet because it turns blue right and she looks and she's like mm, smells good i'm like oh my gosh so That's i've attracted her with the color and the scent yes and i don't know what to do yes i'm like yes. i'm gonna find her one day like a puppy licking <laughs> <laughs> well the, the cleaner should definitely be kept up and away as yeah. as much as possible yeah. and and tell her that's not okay Oh, absolutely. That, absolutely. that is poison. That is yuck. So that cleaning is not products okay. are a big thing? Cleaning products, definitely laundry pods. Uh, ah, those yeah. are yes, big issues. Yes. She loves and to touch and help. Put those yes. in the help. They want to help. They want to help the parents. Well, they look like candy. They are um, rubbery. Mm -hmm. They're bright in color. Squishy. Yeah, Squishy. That gel is designed to dissolve in water. Mm -hmm. So when you lick it, when you bite it, um, it's going to pop it's going to open. And that is a very strong, it has a very strong concentration of, of detergent, right? So one of those little gel packs cleans an entire dishwasher that's or yes. that's wow. very yes. concentrated. And we have had some pretty um, serious outcomes that we are now beginning to follow oh, wow. because it's a new product. Right. And this is what yes, occurs, right? So you've got the product out on the market. Nobody thinks about that until the issues start occurring. Thank God right? we have so centers you know, like you that exactly. have that research Absolutely. and yes, you're and on top of what's happening. And 20% of our calls come from medical professionals that are actually are receiving the patient and thinking, whoa, this is not okay, what are the protocols? And we monitor that, and we have board-certified toxicologists that got more from consult, the ER, right? Consult, absolutely. I remember when <laughs> I was in my pediatric residency, it was always the ER cases. We yes. used to call poison control, absolutely, those to learn. Those are the ones. We, we learned on the job. Yeah. That's absolutely <laughs> That's I would right. definitely like to piggyback on uh, what you said originally in the beginning. You said there are seasonal poisonings? That yes. That absolutely was, was like seasonal. I said, okay. I would love you to elaborate a little bit more on that. Well, for example, we know that it, during the holidays uh, there are more festivities. There's more alcohol out. Uh, yes. There's also a little an increase. We actually can predict 
when the flu season and cold season starts because we get an increase in calls from people, children exposed to cough syrup really? because or, or medication, wow. um, okay. cold amazing. medicine. Why? Because people know they're going to take it in four hours again. They leave it on the counter. Yep. And we can predict by, by <laughs> literally by our phone calls that something's going on. There's a Sad cold. There's something. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, see, so there are the seasons, right? So during the holidays, we know there's more alcohol exposure. Uh, just a tablespoon of scotch or whiskey that's left on a coffee table in a living room is a poisoning for a young child. I mean, mm. alcohol is a, is a serious poisoning right. for a young child. Um, and, and so we know also, for example, in the summertime, right, we know you go out to the parks more, you go out to the beach more. There's exposure in terms of food, you mm. know, so you leave food out at 90 or above degrees, and then you come back and you eat it. Ugh. Well, mm. small children are more susceptible to food poisoning mm-hmm. uh, as well as seniors but so you have this these interruptions in schedules also where you're no longer in your usual routine right. the children are home a little more relaxed um, yes more relaxed and and for some caregivers more attention has to be you know they're used to not having kids in the house between eight and three right or whatever mm-hmm. that might be mm-hmm. and so now you have the child there all the time that and constant attention is pretty difficult. And, and we don't think like kids. You know, we're not down there. We're not two feet tall and, you know, looking at the world up that way. So we don't think about where the dangers are. So say you take your eyes off of a child for a second, because none of us do this, of course. <laughs> of course not, never, never. So what are some symptoms of poisoning? I mean, we're going to turn around, and how do we know? Obviously, if a pill bottle's open and they're right there. But if we're suspecting maybe they swallowed, what are some symptoms that they would show? In most cases, it's um, it could be vomiting. Okay. It could be uh, diarrhea. It could be the child is crying because something might be burning, whether they drank something that's burning. Um, and again, obviously, we, we don't recommend that we induce vomiting. That should be then you should call your poison center. And if mm-hmm. you even suspect a poisoning, you call us. Okay. And you tell us on the phone, uh, and that's what's wonderful, is that 80% of the time we can talk to you on the phone and deal with whatever you're dealing with, and there is not a need to go into an emergency room unless we tell you, look, you, you know, you need further attention. But um, I bet some listeners are thinking that you should induce vomiting and get it out. So right. you made a well, really we, good Right, and because statement. it depends on what's going on, right? So if whatever the child swallowed has a burning effect, it's going to burn coming back up. So you want to mm-hmm. do something different. Uh, whether it's activated charcoal or whatever those next steps are, you will need a uh, poison specialist to walk you through that. And so the symptoms are generally that. It's vomiting. It's a stomach ache. Uh, it, it could be, you know, ho- hopefully it's, if it's not a serious poisoning, but in some serious lethargic. Mm-hmm. Children can get very lethargic from an alcohol poisoning mm-hmm. and fall asleep or, you know, losing their balance. So it just depends on, on what the exposure is. Um, but we, we encourage the community to call, even if they have just a small doubt. It, yeah. it just takes, it eliminates the worry and we're there for questions as well as emergencies. So it's it's the same to us. We prefer the question. Can you activate 911? Or yeah, is we the can. family, is the rule still call 911 and then call you? It, or? it depends. We we are connected to 911. Okay. We can so if definitely. So very concerning yes, symptoms, yes, you can, we can initiate connect. that while you're yes, still giving can. counsel? Yes, okay. we can. Okay, great. That is really good. It's really good. What tips can you share with our listeners about poison-proofing the home? The, the main one is to put all poisoning products like cleaning products, pills, away from the vision, the sight, so up and away is what we call it, from a small child. 
that is the most important thing that we can, if you can't do that for whatever reason, if you don't have enough higher cabinets, then have locks, um, cabinet locks for the children and begin to tell the child, this is not, this is a poison. Mm -hmm. This will hurt you. This can hurt you. Ask before you put something. It's that routine um, that helps. That's that's the most important thing. And and other than that, it's the locks. The locks. locks it's and the up locks. and away. And up and away. Absolutely. And and recognize that there is a lot on the market that is new. The wipes, the um, some pouches. detergents yeah. that look like um, sports drinks. Can you share with us? You brought some great things here. I wish our audience could see, but can you share with us some of the trends or things that you're now seeing coming into our homes that are scary? E-cigarettes, you know? That is a great question, yes. So, so the, of course, with this phenomenon of, um, you know, e-cigarettes and, and vape, or vaping, vaping, as they call it, right? So it comes in all kinds of flavors and, and smells, colors and wonderful yes. smells, right? And so what most people don't realize is that nicotine is absorbed in the skin, so a drop or two, depending on the milligrams, is a terrible exposure for a young child. You just taught me something wow. as a dermatologist. <laughs> Nicotine gets absorbed in the skin Into just the skin. like that. That's wow. why those patches, the patches for the smokers of course, of course. are patches, right? So, But that small amount. That small amount. You ju depending on the, the weight of the child, mm -hmm. you know, you're just talking about one or two drops. If you have a 36 milligram drop uh, vial, little, yeah, cartridge, mm -hmm. that's a that's a terrible exposure for a young are that, child. They are that concentrated. They can be, sure. Okay. And I mean, some have nothing in it. Some are just flavor. Mm -hmm. okay. But you go from zero to, I want to say, 36. There might be some that are higher. Um, and, and so the, the child doesn't it just in it and it smells wonderful mm -hmm. you have caramel chocolate flavors you have even um dulce leche now i mean there's oh just gosh. everything <laughs> out there, was there. and i smelled candy apple once and i was like wait a minute yeah so what people <laughs> don't sorry. know is that the, the nicotine is absorbed in the skin right the other piece is that these um pipes are really cool they look funky. They're like toys. It's they can true. they can be easily true. disassembled. So again, you're looking at a pipe that has had that liquid that will have residue in it. The child can be just a lick. It, it we had some very serious outcomes in New York from a child that actually had an exposure to the nicotine. And so we tell if the and if the little cartridge cracks, um, if anything leaks, you're you're in trouble. And those are more serious. Exposures mm -hmm. and and people do not realize it. Now I know that these pipes are going to be regulated and and I know that I believe they're going to be made differently. But at the moment, that's what we're dealing with. That is what we're dealing with, and those are serious poisonings. That is a definite current and future concern. Absolutely. Right. What are these bright bright colors? Uh, Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> she brought us, like she so brought us Gatorade to celebrate. Yes. Right. <laughs> so so you know when you think about people don't always think about. Um, what kids see, right? They see these wonderful sports drinks, right? Wonderful reds and oranges and greens and blues. And that is literally the same color of the detergents that clean floors mm -hmm. and houses. And as an adult, you don't, know, you don't normally make the connection because you know that cleaning detergents are in a different aisle at the store. Of course. Um, you know, the, the, health, the sports drinks are in a completely different place. You don't, generally, you don't store them near each other. So the colors become almost like you don't even see them. But a ch small child that sees that cleaning detergent, especially some of them that have fruits on the labels, 
or really Your funky flowers, beautiful on, flowers. <gasps> yeah, they have strawberries on the of label, course, cherries. Right. Oh, right. they're absolutely dressed up. The wonderful ones that smell that way, right? And so they see us drinking the the sports drinks, and what do they do? They'll they'll find they don't care that the bottle looks weird. You <laughs> know, they're just going to the sink. They, they don't care, yeah. and and Easy some reach. people leave Easy it out, right? Yeah. Sink, well, and yeah. some some people leave it out when you're cleaning. You leave it on the kitchen table, and those lids are not very resistant they those are easier to open those those detergents so we definitely see that connection the same thing with wipes you know we use wipes for everything you have a wipe with leather cleaner on it you have a wipe for diaper cleaning you have a wipe for your face and you have a wipe with clorox on it so a child doesn't care you know (laughs) so they see you wiping their faces with a wipe and then they can find some Clorox. It's, just, it yes. isn't something that's going to um, be a terrible outcome, but it's that it's literally that moment of, wait a minute, this was Clorox, you mm-hmm. know, or this, this had some type of bleach. Or what's happening? What do I do? And it's that moment that we want the call. We want you to know that there's a place you can call uh, that can give you the exact information you need and what to expect. That's what we want. Yeah. Fantastic. That's brilliant information. I really, really appreciate it. Um, if you can, again... Um, give us the contact information for uh, text message, the telephone number, and uh, where uh, other reading the resources information for poison control. So uh, poison control, the, the national 800 number is 1-800-222-1222. And we speak pretty much any language. We have access to international interpreters, and we can take calls in pretty much any language. Um, Ask your pediatrician. I remember getting one for magnet on my refrigerator from your I pediatrician. Brought, There's yeah. usually magnets. You put it right on your refrigerator. You have childcare, babysitters, exactly. grandparents. Exactly. That will have that number available. Exactly. And that's what. And that's why today we. Um, I mean, we still do the magnets. We give out the magnets. A lot of people have the stainless steel refrigerators, so right. the magnets don't work very well <laughs> on that. <Right. laughs> but so we encourage people to text the word poison to seven nine seven nine. Seven nine. Uh, we do also have a website. Got it, everyone. Seventy nine, seventy nine, oh, seventy nine. And that website, please. <laughs> www. Florida. Well, in this case, FloridaPoisonControl.org, or the national is AAPCC for American Association of Poison Control Centers. Org. And to reiterate, the, the telephone number that you gave and the text messages, that's, na- that's nationwide. That's national, correct. Excellent. Anywhere in the U.S., Virgin Islands, and Puerto Rico. Fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. I've learned so much. And as a mother of a toddler, I really appreciate everything <laughs> oh, you shared. Well, congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I'd like to thank our guest and thank you for joining us on Healthy Parenting, pitched by Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, and wherever you listen to podcasts share on social media, and visit Joe DiMaggio's Facebook page.